We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It's May 7th. It is 2021, and we have 14 baseball games that we're going to talk about. We don't know if it will end up being a 14-game slate because we do have some weather concerns. Um, we'll obviously let Kevin Roth kind of tell us about that and see what he has to say. But um, yeah, so. We're going to go over all 14 games like we have a 14-game slate. I'm joined today by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. Had a pretty decent day of baseball. Played a whole bunch of Blue Jays and then took a several-hour nap because it's it's not too often where you get morning baseball, and that's, that's the main slate. So, yeah, it's been a good day overall. Ready for this next one? Ready for the weekend? Going to be a good time. Yes. Um I stacked Toronto too. Talked about them a bunch on the podcast yesterday. And I think I even made like the headline of the podcast, like something about Toronto. Um, so what's what stinks is I switched out uh, the catcher. Why can't I think of Jansen? I switched out Jansen to um, Gomes and went from, I forget who's pitching on the slate now. Like I'm mind blanking, but I went down to Eovaldi. And that didn't work. I think I had Woodruff. Uh, yeah, I think you had I had Wheeler, probably. No, I had Wheeler. Yeah, like I had Wheeler, Woodruff, and I went down to Uvalde to get up to Gomes or something like that. But what a dummy! You freaking <laughs> idiot! Listen, I still, I, I still had it. I think I tripled up, so I'm not mad. But just it, it was, um, it was a good slate. So. All right, let's get into this one. Before we do, if you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to superdraft.com. Awesome sponsors of the podcast. 
Love what they're doing over there on Superdraft. Use promo code GRINDERS for a $50 instant deposit along with the 50% deposit match bonus up to $500 on your first deposit of $50 or more. Check them out. Give them some love. We will have a Superdraft play of the day later on in the show. And uh, Grant, we have 14 baseball games. Let's jump right in. We start with Boston at Baltimore. This is one of the weather games that, you know, we're definitely going to be seeing what Kevin Roth has to say. It opened at a nine total. It's at an eight and a half total right now. Red Sox, a 173 favorite. Rodriguez against Harvey. Um, any interest here in Eduardo Rodriguez? I mean, not really. It's not a terrible matchup going up against a decent strikeout rate team in the in the Orioles, but I, I always have a little bit of a problem trusting Erod to go late into the game. And yes, he's getting kind of limited because he's had some bad games and then they kind of yanked him out early, but still his pitch count, unless he's pitching very well, is probably only going to be around 90, 95. Um, worried about the rain. Like his price tag isn't terrible at 9K, but there's a better pitcher in that range. So I'm probably off on him. I think he could pitch really good if the weather holds off, but it, it just doesn't look promising for the weather. Um, if Kevin Roth greenlights this game, I think Rodriguez is a guy with a 28% strikeout rate and a 3% walk rate since the start of last season. Uh, he has plenty of good stuff. He can strike out both sides of the plate. And honestly, like outside of Mancini and Hayes, I guess Severino, but this is a, this is a pretty bad lineup against left-handed pitching. So I think Erod has some solid upside. It's just, you know, you get into the 9K price range too, and it's like, am I really going to pay 9K for a guy that might not throw 100 pitches that has some weather potential? Probably not. Um, Matt Harvey on the other side, Grant's low strikeout guy going up against the Red Sox team with a lot of power. Probably going to pass on Harvey here. No interest in him at all. Like, this is a tough team, and he's not a great pitcher. He was at one time yeah. a good pitcher. Dude, he was a very – he was – Phenomenal. They had Tom Johns. Yeah, just hasn't bounced back. Um, has only allowed two home runs this season, though. He's done a much better job this year in a very small sample size of generating ground balls against righties, um, using like his slider, sinker, fastball combination and generating ground balls against righties, at least. Um, what's your thoughts here on the Red Sox bats? I mean, I think they're one of the better stacks in the slate, but again, I'm not sure how much if this game is going to play like Harvey, obviously a guy that just not a great pitcher is getting a lot more ground balls to righties this season, still giving up a decent amount of fly balls and hard contact lefties. And so Devers and Verdugo obviously stand out. It's pretty good plays, but Harvey's still not striking out righties at a big clip. He's still giving out a decent amount of walks. So like, I have no problem going with a guy like Renfro going with Bogarts going with uh, Martinez, all guys that can get the ball up there pretty well. They have a 5.1 implied run total. So, pretty much all systems go on this Red Sox stack, but you probably want Verdugo if he's in the lineup and Devers definitely um, if he's in the lineup just because like Matt Harvey's struggles versus lefties. Yeah, I think obviously like Verdugo, Devers, great plays. If you're playing those guys, you're probably getting the stack in because of just how expensive those guys are in general. So I don't mind this. Um and then as far as like Baltimore goes, like I really just don't have a ton of interest in these bats. Um, Mancini's 4.3K if you want to go that way. I don't hate it. Severino's a, a catcher with some power against lefties. He's 3.8K. I wouldn't talk you off of those guys, but I'm probably not going to end up with them in my lineups. 
Yeah, Erod just been a really solid pitcher this year, especially versus lefties. So the lefties are entirely off my list, even though DJ Stewart is sitting at three point or two point three K. And then righties, he's still been pretty solid. Gives up a decent amount of hard contact. So yeah, I won't talk you off of Hayes, Mancini, Severino, but I'm probably just full on fading the Orioles. Moving on, we got Washington at New York taking on the Yankees. Patrick Corbin against um, James Tyon. This game has a nine and a half total. Yankees are a massive 190 favorite here. Um, any interest here in Corbin? None whatsoever. The Yankees are too good. Corbin really struggles versus righties. There's a lot of good righties in this lineup. He's just not the same pitcher. I'm I'm out on him. Yeah, there's a good chance he faces a whole right-handed heavy lineup. Um, this is an easy fade. If Corbin beats me on this game, chalk it up as variance and move on. Um, I think the Yankees are a top, if not the top stack on the slate. Um, Tyon on the other side, 8,300 for a guy that has plenty of strikeout ability. He's kind of started the season slow. Grant, I think the pitch count is kind of priced into the 8,300, but I still don't know if the ceiling is high enough. Um, like he was pitching phenomenal last game and got pulled at 79 pitches. Yeah, I don't expect him to go over 80, 85 pitches in the spot here, which is kind of why I'm off of him. He has been a guy that strikes out guys at a pretty decent clip. He gives up a ton of fly balls, a decent amount of hard contact. So there is always a chance that it could go a little bit south for him. This Washington team isn't great, but it isn't bad. Um, salt, a few solid bats in the lineup. So I, I just don't like paying this much money for a guy that is – only going to go 80 pitches and yes he doesn't walk a ton of guys which help him go a little bit later into the games but he still hasn't gone over five innings the entire season yes he did have a 25 point outing last time going up against Detroit but that was up against Detroit and Detroit is awful this isn't the same team I'd expect him to be in the 16 18 point range here and so that's just not enough for me at a 300 yeah I'm just I worry about the overall ceiling I don't think the matchup is terrible but they do have guys that don't strike out a lot. So if Tyon was going to pitch a hundred pitches in this game, I'd have a lot of interest. Um, I think he'd be a top pitcher on the slate at this price, but those extra 20 pitches matter. Um, I'm not going to run out of my way to play Washington here. I, I respect how good Tyon is. And the guy you'd probably want to play here is Soto. And he's banged up right now. Um, dealing with a shoulder injury and like Trey Turner is 5,300 you're going to find better shortstop plays on this slate. Um, I, I just don't see myself using Washington bets. Yeah, no real interest in anyone over on Washington. I mean, Tyon's a solid pitcher, and the Yankees have a really solid bullpen. So just going to be a tough game overall. They only have a 3.8 implied run total. Like, this is not a spot where you really want to target anyone. I mean, I don't hate going with a guy like maybe Bell, who's cheap, um, who can hit the ball at the ballpark. I mean, Tyon is a pretty extreme fly ball pitcher so far this season, giving up 53% fly ball rate, pretty even to both sides of the plate. So targeting one-off power bats is not the worst idea in the world going up against Tyon, but overall just not a great match, but not a spot where I want to stack anything. And then on the other side, like I already said it, like I think the Yankees are a top stack on the slate. Corbin sinks against righties. This team's a bunch of right-handed power bats, like, this is this is the recipe for success in a lot of runs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love this stack here. It's probably the top raw point stack on the slate. Just have to see where ownership is going to lie at. But Judge, Stan, LeMahieu, Torres, Frazier is 
a cheaper bet that you can end throwing in, especially it ends up with a pretty decent lineup spot. He's only 3K. Like, every single righty bat in here is fantastic. Hicks at 3K, like, this is the top stack on the slate. Yankees are still a bit too cheap, and I plan on using a lot of them today unless they're just going to be ridiculously owned, which I don't see happening on a 14-game slate. Uh, moving on, we got Milwaukee at Miami in this one. Um, Brett Sutter against Rodgers in Miami. Um, this game has a seven total. It opened as a seven total. It's down to six and a half. The Marlins are a 138 favorite. Uh, do you have any interest here in Brett Sutter? He's not going to go lay enough in the game. So, no, like, again, he's 4K, but he might only go 40 pitches. This is going to be a bullpen game. So, I'm out on him. Yeah, I just – I don't see this. And I, I think Trevor Rogers is one of the best point-per-dollar pitchers on the slate. He dominated this team, what, a week ago, two weeks ago maybe? And now this game's in Miami. Like, I know he's not going to throw 100 pitches, but give me 90 pitches in this spot. I think he throws five, six, seven clean innings, and this is a great spot for Rogers. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's a fantastic play on the slate, saying at 31% K rate. Since beginning of last season, this is not a good lineup. I get having Kane in there definitely helps him out a little bit. But overall, like, this is a high strikeout lineup, especially going up against lefties. This is just a perfect spot for him. He grades out as the top pitcher overall on the entire slate. Maybe not raw points, but point per dollar, he absolutely is. He's probably going to be the chalk, and I still think he's worth it because I don't see many ways that this Milwaukee team really ends up beating him. Yeah, I love him here. I don't like any of the Brewers' bats. Like, if you want to take a shot on Kane or if you want to take a shot on, like, Taylor, I wouldn't talk you off of it. But it's more of those guys are just super cheap, and I completely understand why you would take a shot on them. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty much the only reason is because of price, but I'm not going to do it. I mean, and then on the other side, the Miami side, like, I think Duvall at 3,900 is okay. My problem with Miami is, like, this is a Milwaukee Brewers bullpen game. And the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen is very good. Um, So, I guess, like, if you're playing Miami, you secondary stack them or, like, four-man stack them just to be very different. But Jesus Aguilar is 5,100. Roas is 4,400. Like, Duvall... I think is a great one-off. He would be the guy that I'd have the most interest in here. And Cooper's back. He would be the other guy that I would look at playing in this spot. Yeah, I mean, that's really it. And you don't really worry about lefty-righty matchups because Suter's probably only going to go two, maybe three innings. Um, But, yeah, the price tags of some of the bats I want, like Aguilar, not good. Um, Duvall is really the main guy that I would think about going with. But, yeah, it's just not really a – not really a great spot being played in Miami. Solid bullpen, so no real interest in Miami for me. Yeah, I just – I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't seem like a spot on a 14-game slate that I necessarily have to attack. Arizona at New York facing the Mets. We got Zach Gollin and Peterson facing off in this one. Um, this one's a 7.5 total Mets, uh, 138 favorite. Any interest here in Arizona? And Gollum? Yeah, uh, I have a little bit of interest in Gollum. Obviously, the guy is a pretty good K-rate guy. Um, not a terrible matchup going up against Arizona or going up against the Mets. They're going to obviously do some damage. 
Gollum never really goes too late in the game, but the upside is absolutely there. I don't think he's as good of a play as Rodgers, but he's probably going to come in at drastically less ownership. So I don't hate it. Um, Gallon's obviously struggled a little bit more versus lefties than he has versus righties. And this could be a fairly left-handed heavy lineup here. So that's a real problem. Wait and see where it ends up coming out. But I mean, they'll likely end up having four to five lefties in the lineup, which would kind of make Gallon just not really worth it because he's not going to go up to over a hundred pitches and he struggles a bit versus lefties. So just wait and see on the lineup, but most likely it's going to be a spot where you kind of want to avoid Gallon. Yeah, sorry, I, I got distracted there for a second. Um, I did mean Gollum. I don't think this is a necessarily the worst spot. If he was cheaper, like if he was cheaper, I think we would have way more interest in him in this spot. But the fact that he's so expensive makes it tough. Um, like the thing is, the Mets lineup is not great this season against right-handed pitching. But they're like not terrible. They're kind of in the middle of the road. Um, so they just don't hit a ton of home runs. Um, so I don't hate Gollin. I just wish he was cheaper. And then Peterson on the other side, I think he's someone that gets some ownership today, Grant. 7,900 facing this team and just a guy that people really like to play. Yeah, I mean, he's been a little bit hit or miss, so he's going to be high-owned. I'm probably going to end up fading him, but somebody he comes at just moderate amount of ownership, he's definitely a guy that's in play. The guy's sitting around a 30% K rate on the season. Had some good outings, had some bad outings, but has a 3.3 implied run total going up against him. It's being played in New York. The weather is a little bit cold, and there are some strikeouts in this lineup here, and there, this isn't the best hitting lineup in the majors. Like There are some low strikeout bats, but overall just a mediocre lineup at best, so definitely a guy that offers you a little bit of ceiling as price tag of 7.9 K because he can get that 810 strikeout game. I don't mind it. I just kind of want to wait and see where ownership's at for him. Uh, bats here. Anything standing out to you for Arizona? No, just like Pearson's a solid pitcher and prices on some of these guys are like Kelly's over. It's Kelly's 5K. Escobar's over five. Peralta's over five. Like maybe Struble, maybe Christian Walker. Um, both of them are cheap, but that's kind of it. Like I'm not taking Pavin Smith as lefty lefty. So like the only two guys that actually have a price tag that's not ridiculous considering the matchup are Christian Walker and Estrule. And I don't have a ton of interest in them. Like Kelly's been all right versus right. He hasn't been great, but he's been all right. So I'm probably fading the Arizona hitters. Yeah, just – I mean, the guy you'd want to play is Kelly, but I'm not paying 5K for a catcher. Yeah. You're going to get a catcher batting in the top three of the order, but 5K is a, just a really tough ask for a catcher position. I think if you're playing anybody here, it's Walker at 3.8K. But, again, I think you're going to find better first base plays on this slate too, especially in the matchup. Yeah. And then as far as the Mets go, like you, you could play Pete Alonzo – in any matchup Lindor has been awful this season he's 5k like this game these prices just kind of seem to price this game out like maybe Conforto at 4.1k but I don't even love that yeah Conforto like I would want to target lefties going up against Gallon. so um McNeil Conforto Dominic Smith are the probably only three batters that may be worth it but even then they're like it's not a great stadium it's not great weather 
Like it's not like Gallon's terrible versus righties. He's just worse versus righties, but doesn't give up a ton of fly balls. And I know that um, none of those guys are fly ball hitters, but I, I don't know. I, I think like the price tags just make no one really worth it in this spot. Moving on, we got uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland. This is another game that we're going to be kind of watching the weather. It does look a little bit better than it did earlier. Eight and a half total. Cleveland's a 146 favorite in this spot. Um, any interest here in Wade Miley? No. Just Wade Miley is not really a guy I play anymore. Cleveland has a 4.6 implied run total. Like Miley's probably only going to – won't get over 100 pitches. He's not a huge strikeout guy can get a little wild. This Cleveland team has a lot of patience and can walk at a decent, pretty decent clip going up against lefties. Just a spot where I don't really have any interest in Miley. Yeah. Like realistically, Wade Miley is a good real life pitcher. He generates ground balls. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs and he pitches well, but DFS wise, he's not going to go out there and strike out a ton of guys and dominated, dominate a game. Um, I, I think the price is fair at 6,700, but I just don't even know if he has enough upside on a 14 game slate to get you there. So probably not going to play him. Zach Plesic. I mean, this lineup has been worse. Um, like, you know, Castellanos is banged up. Votto's out. Um, is there a case to be made for Plesic or is he just kind of too expensive? I mean, I don't like that price tag. Obviously he is a guy that can go out and pitch pretty decent. Like obviously not the same K rate this year as he was last year. He seems to drop, but that could be because he's predominantly gone against the white Sox. Um, but like it's, even with Castellanos banged up, even without Votto in the lineup, this is still a pretty solid hitting lineup. They're going from, that they're playing it against an AL team or NL team. I can never remember whatever they want. They'll have a DH in the spot. Um, so that kind of makes them a little bit tougher and they still have some depth. So they'll have some decent batters in there. I mean, you can make the case for it. Like he's a solid overall pitcher, but he hasn't pitched the same this season. And you're just kind of like relying on the ball, not flying out of the ballpark um, at all. And, just Babbitt landing in his favor. It is 48 degrees out there, but I mean, the price tag of 8.4 K, I mean, you can get multiple other pitchers at a much lower run total. Like just literally the last game, Gallon and Peterson are right around the same price tag and 3.8 run total and 3.3 run total with better strikeout rates. So you can make the case for it. I'm probably going to avoid it. Uh, Cincinnati bats. Any interest here? I mean, I'm more worried about the weather for them, like the weather and the prices on a lot of these. I mean, I think Moustakas kind of grades out as a pretty decent placing there at 3.6K. Nyquin is sitting at 3.8K. Those are probably the main two bats, but Castellanos at 5.3. Winker is at 4.6. Suarez is at 4.7. So I think the better move is to go with like the middle of the order, maybe a mini stack of Moustakas, Nyquin, and Sinzel. Um, all at cheap price tags. I mean, police has been a little bit more ground ball heavy this year. Last year was a little bit more fly ball heavy, but still a guy overall that can give up some hard contact and especially the lefties can give up a lot more fly balls. So I would probably target Moustakas, Nyquin, and Sinzel. Like 
if you want to create a full stack and you have the money for it, yeah, go ahead and throw in Winker or Castellanos or Suarez, but main guys are the cheaper price bats. Yeah, like uh, I think Moustakas at 3.6K is probably too cheap. And Nyquen at 3.8K, like those would be the two guys that I'd play the most of and, you know, definitely would use them as a combo or one-offs. I don't hate it. Um, Yeah, I wish Winker was a little bit cheaper because it'd make for a really good three-man, but he's not. Um, Saw Cleveland side. Anything standing out to you for Cleveland? You said it already. Wade Miley's a pretty decent real life pitcher. Gets a lot of ground balls. Like this is a tough lineup. They can get him beat up, but I mean, if I'm gonna target anyone, it would probably be the righties. Like Luplau at 3.6K is the guy, and Franmil Reyes are the two guys that really stand out. Although, honestly, if you want to stack it up, like Rosario is sitting in there at 3.5K. Harold Ramirez, if he's in the lineup, he's 2.1K. Like you can throw hedges in for a cheap catcher like if Changins is in there he's 2k this lineup's cheap is the main thing outside of Ramirez so it makes us an interesting stack again I want to wait and see what the weather is supposed to be like because it's probably supposed to be 48 degrees tomorrow which would be a big downgrade could be rain so I don't know like the weather's keeping me away but as a point per dollar stack if the weather's all right they stand out as a pretty solid one even up against a pitcher like Miley that doesn't give up a ton of damage um, yeah, I, I don't love this spot. Like, Jose Ramirez 5.6k would be my favorite if he was cheaper. I think if I'm going to play anybody, it'd be like a Luplo one off, uh, top three lineup spot, good against lefties. But weather and Wade Miley, like, it's just not a great combo for a Cleveland stack in this spot. So, something that I probably won't end up doing, and if I do, it won't be a lot of it. Uh, we got the Twins at Detroit, uh, Shoemaker against Scoble, nine total in this game. Uh, Twins, a 148 favorite. Any interest here in Shoemaker? I don't want to, but I kind of do. Um, Detroit's just so bad. I mean, Shoemaker's been so bad. There's not a ton of guys to spend down on on this slate. Um, like, he may only go 90 pitches. But I'm just hoping that he limits the damage. I mean, you look at all the way up and down this lineup, they are striking out at a massive clip, both both versus righties and versus lefties. I think last time I checked, they are the highest strikeout rate team in the entire league versus lefties. And I think they were either right there or not far behind the top against righties. I'm pulling it up right now just to double check. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, number two, striking out a 30% rate in 800 plate appearances versus righties. Like, I get Shoemaker is not great. Like, really doesn't do a ton. But this lineup is so terrible, and he's cheap on the slate where there's not a ton of cheap pitchers. Like, right now, I think he's my number one option under 7K, probably. I mean, power to you, buddy. Um, Shoemaker... I hope it works out. I actually don't hope it works out. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I kind of like Detroit as like a cheap stack today. So I know they're bad. I get it. Um, I watched them, you know, kind of pounce my Red Sox a little bit over the last couple of days, but Shoemaker just stinks. He's so bad. I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. 
Um, Scoble on the other side, he's not much better. He's really bad against righties. This lineup is very right-handed heavy. Um, uh, just one of the top stacks on the slate probably here in Minnesota. Don't play Scoble. Yeah, no interest in it at all. He gets crushed by righties. He gets crushed in general. But he's a lot better versus lefties than right. Absolutely horrible versus righties, in fact. 66% fly ball rate, 33% hard contact rate, 426 ISO. Yeah, Minnesota is my favorite stack on the entire slate. Garver, like, Kepler, I don't even care about Kepler going lefty-lefty. If he's batting leadoff, I'll still use him. Guy's still a stud, even though Scooball like has been good versus lefties so far this season and good to, towards lefties entire career. And it makes sense with his slider fastball uh, combo. I don't care. Like he's not a good pitcher in this Detroit bullpen bad, but Donaldson, Buxton, Cruz, Polanco, Sano is probably one of my favorite plays on the entire slate point per dollar, just because Scooball is horrible versus righties, but Anyone in this lineup, absolutely love them. Love them all the way up and down. My favorite stack on the entire slate. I mean, yeah, they're they're in a great spot in this matchup. And if Buxton doesn't play, it'd be really interesting to see if Garver bats leadoff, which he probably will. And 5,200 for catchers a lot, but batting leadoff on the road is kind of juicy. So Against um, Scooball. <laughs> like... You know, so obviously this is another game that you're going to have to kind of watch the weather on. Um, I hope it doesn't have bad weather. I hope it somehow clears up tomorrow because I really want to play this. I mean, I'm not Kevin Roth, but when I looked at the weather report for this game, it was like maybe a late start, but it looked like it was pretty good after the initial rain. So I think this one would be okay. But again, we'll see what Kevin Roth has to say. Um, Grant, I kind of like the Detroit stack. Um, I know it's crazy. I get, I get it. Um, it just shoemaker is so bad and you got Grossman, you got Candelario, you got Goodrum, um, Badu, like there's enough lefties in this lineup that can get to shoemaker here and they're just so cheap. I get that, but I just don't care. Like (laughs) they're bad. I get it. Like, you know, garbage stack of the day. Um, barrel bick in here. Uh, I'd rather take a shot on a better lineup going up against a better pitcher. Like, Detroit is just so terrible. Like, just so bad. I don't know. Maybe they turn around. Badu is the only guy I'd be interested in. Like, I, I'm not playing Detroit. Yeah, um, I get it. Like, I completely understand the reasoning. Uh, again, it's just they're cheap. If you want to go, like, two top-end pitchers, like, if you want to go Rodgers and, like, uh, we haven't even talked about Carlos Rodon, uh, Blake Snell. Like, if you want to go two top-end pitchers, I think a secondary Detroit stack is not the craziest idea on this slate. Um, they're just the, – the pricing makes them very affordable and stacks with them very affordable. Um, moving on, we got Philly at Atlanta. Eight and a half total in this game. Braves, a 175 favorite. Um, Zach Eflin against Charlie Morton. Any interest here in Zach Eflin? Not really. Like, I think some people may actually play him because he's been pretty solid this season. He's put up some pretty decent outings, but Atlanta's not an easy team. Um, obviously, very solid lineup. They have a 4.6 run total at 8.6K, like, 
if I hadn't seen the 4.6 run total, I might have a little bit of interest in him, but that just scares me off far too much. So unless he's going to come in at no ownership, like this is just too good of a line, but maybe if Freeman's out of it again tomorrow, um, my interest in it would go up a little bit because obviously that's a pretty big hit. He was out of line today. I think that might've just been because of rest, but we'll see tomorrow. Um, but if Freeman's in the lineup, I'm probably just out on it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really have a lot of interest in Eflin. I feel like I'm, I'm going to come out ahead on the season if I just don't play right-handed pitchers against the Braves all year. So, and then Morton on the other side of this game, 7.7 K. I think he's so interesting if Harper doesn't play. Um, like he's dealing with a wrist injury, Harper is, and that just leaves a gap in this lineup so bad. Um, I just Morton would become. I think he'd become very playable at seventy seven hundred if that happens. I think that even if Harper does end up playing, I think Morton's probably one of the top pitchers on the entire slate um, in terms of point per dollar. Probably right behind Rogers. He's seven point seven K. He's sitting at around a twenty seven percent K rate on the season. Been a lot better versus lefties than he has versus, versus righties, and there may not be a ton of lefties in the lineup. We'll see. I think what's who got hurt today? I played someone, they got hurt, and Herrera ended up going in for him. I can't remember who it was. Um, but, yeah, they may end up having a few lefties in the lineup here, um, which would definitely be an upgrade to Morton. But he's just been solid overall this season. This seems like a mispricing here. So I plan on using him quite a bit, unless he's going to be just super chalky, in which case I might end up stacking the Phillies against him. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that, but I completely hear you. Um, do you want to talk about the Philly Bats? I mean, like, they don't grade out great. Like, Morton's been pretty solid. He's obviously been a little bit worse versus righties than lefties. So, targeting Hoskins, McCutcheon, Real Muto is not the worst idea in the world. But overall, this doesn't grade out as a great spot for them. Morton, like, I'm just worried about Morton being, like, 40% owned on this slate because of the way that like a lot of the expensive stacks like New York and Minnesota just grayed out as great spots here. Like I could see Morton being very, very chalky in which case, like it just makes sense from a game theory aspect to kind of stack against him, especially with righties, but he's a good solid pitcher. Like based on numbers, the Philly bats do not stand out as great plays outside of maybe Hoskins. Yeah, it would just be to get contrarian if Morton's chalky. And I think that's the only way that you're stacking Philly in the spot. And then the Atlanta side, like, I don't mind lefties against Eflin. 240 ISO, 366 Woba. He's been very good against righties, and I think we got to definitely respect that. So the problem is I just don't see myself paying 5.6K for Freddie Freeman as a one-off play. Um if you end up in that range and you want to, I wouldn't I wouldn't think it's a bad idea. It's just I don't think the full Atlanta stack is in play here. Yeah, yeah, probably not. I mean, if you want a mini stack at like go Freeman, Albies, and like, I don't know, Riley or Contreras, like a little two, four, seven stack is not the worst way to go. Um, but like yeah, Eflin's been super solid versus righties he's just been straight up bad versus lefties 
So any guy that can hit the ball, any lefty that can hit the ball hard, like he's a pretty decent fly ball pitcher against lefties, gives up a lot of power. So Albies, Freeman are the only two guys that grade out well. But if you want to may stack it up, not the worst idea in the world. All right. Moving on, we have Seattle at Texas. Flexen against Fulton Um, Nine total in this game. is It's really close to a pick em game. Um, any interest here in Flexen? I want to because it's Texas, but I don't think so. Like, this guy's not really a great strikeout pitcher. Granted, he was striking out guys a whole lot more before he faced the Angels. Um, been decent overall, and this is a high strikeout team in the Texans. Like, Maybe if Morton is going to be super high owned in the same range, if I, I, I just don't think so. Like that's basically, it. I'd rather play the Texan bats. I think the roof's going to, is the roof going to be open tomorrow? I had, I didn't look. Um, the thing that's somewhat interesting here about Chris Flexen is in a very small sample size, he's actually, been better against lefties and he's going to face a lot of lefties in this lineup. I don't think you play him, but I think this is a good test to kind of test that theory. Um, it's such a small sample that it's hard to trust, but I think he's somebody that like, if you're running 150 teams, I don't think he's the craziest option. Yeah. And I kind of want to wait and see if the roof's open. Like I don't guy that we don't generally have that information. Um, yeah, we probably won't have it till tomorrow. But if the roof's if the roof's open, I'm off flex. And if the roof's closed, then I could see playing him. All right, um, Fultonevich going up against Seattle. <laughs> He's just so bad. Um, do you have any interest in Fultonevich here? Uh, don't hate you. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I completely get it. The bottom of this lineup is awful. It is like a triple A team. Um, the top of the order, obviously, Hanniger, France, Seeger, Lewis. They're scary. But even like Lewis strikes out at such a high clip against righties. I don't think you're crazy at all for like in Fulton Nevich in this game. Yeah, and again, it probably like the dome being open or closed, <laughs> like in the price tag of these pitchers. If the dome's open, I'm probably stacking up both sides of this game. If the dome's closed, I'm probably playing both pitchers a decent amount. Like, just kind of the way it is. Fulte is striking out righties at a much higher clip, and he'll probably only face two, three lefties in the lineup. And outside of Seager, the lefties are not good batters. Um, he hasn't been great, but the biggest problem is that he gives up a whole bunch of hard contact and a decent amount of fly balls. If that dome's closed, like, we have a decent enough sample size from last season that the ball is not going to fly nearly as much as it is with it open. So it does make a pretty drastic difference um, whether the dome's open or closed tomorrow, especially since it's going to be about 90 degrees over in Dallas. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Like that's what it is. It's so dependent on if the dome is open or closed and the fact that it's at a nine total right now, I'm guessing it's supposed to be open. Yeah, I looked again. I can't find it if it's open or closed, but we'll see. Um, Seattle bats, like I like Seager a lot in this spot. I, I, even if you're wanting to take shots on Fultonevich, you just have to know how bad he is against lefties and how much power Seager has. Like, I, I think Seager is one of the top hitters on the slate. 
Yeah, yeah, no, even at 4.8K, still a really solid spot. Fulte giving up a 362 ISO to lefties, tons of hard contact, tons of fly balls. Like, Seager's the one that grades out as a really good play. I mean, even the righties, if the dome's open, like, is probably too cheap at 4.3K regardless. But you can play Kyle Lewis, you can play France. Like, Fulte is not a great pitcher versus righties. He just gets strikeouts at a pretty decent clip. Um I could see a Seattle stack like if the dome's open because also Rangers don't have, really have the best bullpen behind them. So that's that's basically where I'm at right now. I'm waiting entirely on whether the dome's going to be open or not to kind of figure out where I'm go- what I'm going to play. But Seager's in play regardless. And then on the Texas side, like if you think Flexen's going to regress, play Calhoun, Low, Gallo. Solak, Garcia, and just stack them up, especially if the roof's open, like Grant said a couple times. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to mention it again, but I will play a lot of Texas bats if that thing happens that I've said seven times. All right, moving on, we have Toronto, the heroes of Thursday slate. Facing Houston, we have Stripling against your Kaidi. Uh, refresh really quick. Nine total, and Houston's a 140 favorites. Um, any interest here in Stripling? Not really. Houston, solid bats. Don't strike out a huge clip. Stripling has been the same pitcher he was a few years ago. So even at 7.2K, probably not a guy that's on my board. Yeah, I don't have a ton of interest in Stripling. He doesn't pitch deep into games. He hasn't pitched well enough to pitch, pitch deep into games. Not going to strike a bunch of people out. And then um, the other side, your Kaidi. I mean, he's he's so interesting for tournaments. I don't think anybody is going to play him. Um, I just I worry about just not striking people out against this team, and he's kind of reverse splits. So maybe he's not interesting. Um, maybe we should stack Toronto again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really on Arcadi. Like 8.7K, the price tag just gets me off him. He's not a big enough strikeout rate guy. Even going up against a decent strikeout rate team in Toronto, you're right. He's a bit reverse splitsy. Um, I plan on playing a decent amount of Toronto bats. I mean, Teoscar Hernandez is 3.7K. He's too cheap. Simeon's 4K. He's too cheap. Biggio, Grichik, Guriel are all cheap. Like the only two expensive bats are Bichette and Guri- or Guerrero. So I really, really like the stack. I don't think it's going to garner a ton of ownership. I plan on using it quite a bit. Um, man, I think Toronto is interesting here. I think Toronto, just looking at your Kaidi's like reverse splits and how many right-handed power bats in this lineup and how like Hernandez and Bichette are kind of reverse splits too. Like I could see Toronto winning, winning another slate here. Yeah. Um, any interest in here in Houston? Yeah, Stripling's been a little bit reverse splitsy um, for the last two years. Like So Altuve, Bregman, Uriel, Correa, problems are all expensive. Um, if you want to throw in Jordan Alvarez, don't mind that at all. He still gives a decent amount of fly balls and hard contact to lefties, um, but definitely prefer the righties, but this is – they have a five implied total for a reason. Like this is a pretty solid spot for them and I have no problem with them at all. 
All right, we're moving on. We got Kansas City um, and Chicago in Kansas City. I said it backwards because um, I read it backwards. Carlos Radon against Brad Keller. We have a eight and a half total in this game, and the White Sox are a 162 favorite. Um, talk to me about Carlos Radon. I really like him in this spot. Um, dude striking out guys at a massive clip. Casey outside of the top of the lineup has a decent amount of strikeouts in it. Rodon might be my favorite spend up on the slate, a pitcher. Like, dude's just got great stuff right now. He can get a little bit wild, um, but not really a ton of walks in this lineup outside of wit at the top of the order. So this grades out as a really good spot for him. I really like him on the slate. Hasn't had less than 25 points, I don't think, on the slate so far this season. Just a super good pitcher in a pretty decent spot. Yeah, um, he's. I think he's arguably the top play on the slate. I don't think anybody can really argue that with Snell, you know, somewhat struggling to start the season. I think it's he's clearly the number one on the slate. And then uh, Keller on the other side. One of the reasons that Rodon is such a great pitcher on the slate is because he's going to have plenty of run support. Yeah, Keller is just trash doesn't strike anybody out like 15 percent k rate like he just he throws the bats he he wants people to hit the ball well he throws the bats when he can he also walks a bunch of guys um just doesn't get any swing strikes at all like not a not a good pitcher no interest in him even at 4.9 k um yeah any white Sox bats interest yeah a little bit the problem is like Anderson sitting up there at 5.7 K a Bray use at 5.2 K, but like, I think throwing one of them in a, to a stack is not the worst idea in the world. Like you said, Keller throws, just throws the contact and get a decent amount of gra- ground balls. So may limit too many runs. So it's not the greatest stack in the world, but Moncada, Mercedes, Eaton, Abreu, you all kind of grayed out as pretty decent plays. Even Grandall, if he's in there, not the worst idea in the world, but Overall, I think there are better stacks at the more expensive range on the slate. Uh, and then the Kansas City Royals. I just this is a full fade for me. No interest. No interest at all. Like maybe Solaire is a one off, but he's just got power. And like Rodon does go with a decent amount of fly balls, but that would be the only person I even think about. Uh, we got the Rockies and the Cardinals. It's a seven and a half total. Rock or the Cardinals are a two seventeen favorite. Um, Gomber against Flaherty. Any interest here in Gomber? Nah, he ain't good. Nah, he ain't good. Like Grant's just like straight to the point. Uh, it's a lefty facing a team with a lot of righties, and he he has some decent strikeout stuff against righties, but. The, the top half of this lineup just doesn't strike out. So I don't think he has a massive ceiling in this spot. And then on the other side, I love Flaherty. I, I think if you want to go Flaherty um, Rogers on this spot, it, it's a combo that I'm probably going to use a bunch on the slate. Yeah. Flaherty be the guy that is kind of keeping me from going too heavily on Rodon. I mean, he's going up against going up against the Rockies. The Rockies are not a good lineup overall. They actually, they're just a bad lineup. Um, and I know that Flaherty does strike out righties at a much higher clip. There will be a decent amount of lefties in this lineup, but I really don't care. It's not like he's 
bad versus lefties. He just strikes out lefties at a bit of a lower clip, but he's still a solid overall pitcher to both sides of the slate or both sides of the plate. And this is just a bad overall lineup. So Flaherty just grades out as one of the best pitchers on the slate. Yeah. The, the Rockies have hit the second most home runs at home this season. Do you want to guess how many they've hit on the road? Um, I think last time I checked second least. The least nine, nine home runs on the road this season. Um, I mean, they've also played less games on the road, but they are sitting at one of the lowest WRC pluses in the league. They the are terrible. <laughs> like, that I is the wanna... point I was trying to make. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just wanted to put it in, oh. in, in perspective. They are terrible, but they haven't played a ton on the road. They've just been bad. I think they're, yeah, I think they're second last to last in the league in terms of WRC plus on the road or no, they're 25th in the league. Still bad. Still bad. Um, yeah, I like Flaherty a lot in this spot. I don't have any interest in the Rockies bats. Do you? Nope. Uh, Cardinals bats. Anything standing out to you here? I mean, Gomber's still decent ground ball pitcher. He gives up a lot of walks. So if they're going to get it done, it's probably not going to be a whole lot of fantasy points. I don't hate it. Um, Carlson's definitely a bit cheap at 3.4 K Arnado Goldschmidt are always in play. O'Neill. I really like at 2.8 K. That's probably the way I would stack it up. Maybe throw Bader in there. There's a lot of cheap bats to go with the expensive bats here. So Goldschmidt and Arnado are the only ones that really grade out as good plays. Everyone else is pretty decent for the price. It's kind of where I see it. Arnado against his former team against the lefty. Yeah. What Wait, could go Gomer wrong? In that trade? I can't remember. Um, yeah. it could have been. Pretty sure he might have been. I'll look yeah, at well. If yeah, pitcher versus former team generally grades out pretty well. All right, it's the battle of L.A. It's the Dodgers and the Angels. It's a nine total. Um, Dodgers a one sixty six favorite. Urias against Canning. Um, any interest here in Urias? I don't like the price tag going up against the low strikeout Angels team. So, not really. Yeah, I don't like it either. Uh, like, I mean, like, you can make an argument for him, sure. Um, but I, I just, you look at the matchups that he's had ceiling games in, Milwaukee and Seattle. Yeah. Like, this isn't Milwaukee or Seattle. Sorry. Um, I'm out. I don't want to pay this price. He's also definitely... he's going against uh, DH. Yeah, and going up against DH. Um, Canning, it's a righty against the Dodgers. Canning has some decent strikeout stuff, but he gives up a lot of fly balls and hard contact. Um, and the Dodgers get to add another bat. Nope. Yeah, I might end up being on a sprinkle of him just because of the potential upside. Obviously, he's a decent strikeout pitcher. Got decent stuff, but he gives him a lot of hard contact, life lot of balls. It's a tough matchup, but I'll, I'll wait and see what the lineup ends up turning out. But he's a potential GPP guy. Um, but that's just kind of where I'm at right now. I could see full on fading him if they put out their normal lineup. Um, let's talk Dodgers bats. I, I think obviously. They're a team that has a ton of upside. They get to add a DH. Uh, they're just so expensive. Like you're you're punting a pitcher. Like you're there's just no pitchers. Th- there's no way around it, Grant. Like 
you're not stacking this team like a full-on stack without punting a pitcher. And that's even if you get like a Mac BD or somebody like cheap, like to DH cheap in this is game. 4.1 K. I know that's what I'm saying. Like there's just, no, you're, you're not, there's just no way you're stacking the Dodgers here without paying down at pitching. And I just don't think that's smart on a 14 game slate. Yeah. I mean, maybe over on super draft might not be a terrible move. Uh, no, that's kind of it. Like the price, like they all grayed out as pretty decent plays, especially the low strikeout bats and Seager and bats like grayed out really well, but they're all just too gosh darn expensive. Too gosh darn expensive is right. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Angels? Rice is a solid pitcher, solid ground ball pitcher. Dodgers have a good bullpen. I mean, Trout's always in play. Otani's probably an all right play, but it's a lefty lefty matchup. So I don't really have a ton of interest in them. Grant yawned and he made me yawn. Um, it's his fault. Tampa at that Oakland. effect on people. <laughs> we got Rich Hill going up against Sean Manaya. It's a uh, eight total. Athletics are a 145 favorites. Do you have any interest here in Rich Hill? A little bit, but not a ton. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not like, it's not an easy match going up against Oakland. Like they're a decent overall team. Rich Hill struggled a little bit this year at times, had some rough outings, still sitting at 26% K rate on the season, but they're, they're going to have probably eight righties in the lineup. So don't really see a ton of upside for a guy that if he's pitching poorly, they'll just yank him after 40, 50 pitches. I mean, he dominated this team two weeks ago um, in Tampa and that was a day that I think a lot of us were playing um, Oakland bats. Rich Hill can still strike people out. Like he has 28 strikeouts in five games. He can still strike people out. It's just when he's not on, he's terrible. And like you said, they yank him. Like it's just, it's as simple as that. Um, Do you know what happened the other day um, when they gave him like a short outing? Like it was really weird. Like he wasn't pitching bad or anything. Um, do you have any idea what, what happened there? I have no idea. I mean, it, it's Tampa, so it could have been anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, maybe it's because I think any outing after after he goes 80, 90 pitches, they just give him a short leash. I mean, he, against Kansas City, he was getting blown up a little bit. Um, that could have been why he got yanked, or it just could be what they're doing. So I don't really know. I, I don't understand Tampa Bay at all. I think the lineup's tough. I think it's a tough matchup. Um, Sean and I on the other side of this game, like I think he has some really strong upside. Like I think he's a great tournament play on the slate. Yeah, no, this is a guy that like obviously lefties going up against Tampa Bay is something that I target pretty often. They're a team that most of their or a lot of their solid bats are lefties. So strikeout rate is absolutely there. His ability to go late into the games, he can go hundred pitches is there. Problem is he's 9.2K and he's right there next to Flaherty and Rodon. Um, so I don't know if I'll be on it. Like it helps say he's pitching in Oakland, but I think I prefer Rodon and Flaherty to him. Yeah, I just, again, I, I think he's just somebody that probably flies under the radar on this slate because of his price. 
and the matchup is good. Like Tampa is a team that strikes out at a very high clip. So um, any Tampa bats that you like here? Not really. Like Benet is a solid overall pitcher and it's not a great ballpark. Um, yeah, I don't really have a ton of interest. And then as far as like the Oakland bats, Loriano, Murphy, Chapman, if you want to play any of these righties, um, I'm not going to talk you off in Marcana. Um, yeah, Sean Murphy, 4.2K is not bad for a catcher. I think these power righties is where you would attack Rich Hill. Yep. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like, and they're all all their price tags are around four of four point three K. So they're not too expensive. You want to throw Olsen in there, even in a lefty lefty matchup, it's not the worst idea in the world. I think the the biggest problem when it comes to playing Oakland bats is the Tampa bullpen's good. So you, Man, when you get in that like seventh, eighth, ninth inning, you're not doing much there. San Diego at San Francisco is where we finish out here. Uh, seven total. Padres a one forty favorite. We got Snell against Discofani. Um, any interest here in Snell? Not really. Like had a rough start to the season. Always got a short leash. Ten point two K. I like the San Francisco bats like your limited upside i'm probably just gonna fade him i mean snell is matchup proof when he's on it's just this lineup's good this lineup is one of the better teams like one of the better lineups against left-handed pitching in, in baseball so i don't really have a ton of interest in snell i would much rather play three or four other guys on the slate before i played snell like I will say, Grant, like if you're playing a lot of teams on the slate, Blake Snell, when he's on, breaks the slate. So you definitely want to get exposure to him. Like you're not fully fading him. Like if you're doing like a 20 inch max, maybe you could fade him. But if you're playing a 150, I think you have to get some exposure to him because of his just overall, you know, ceiling. Um, Descafani on the other side hasn't been pitching bad to start the season. Like it's a small sample, but. He really hasn't pitched bad. He kind of had that one like really stellar game and then didn't pitch well against this team the other day. I don't want to play him. I'm just saying I don't think he's been pitching bad. I kind of do want to play him. He's going to come in almost entirely unowned. He's been pitching really solid so far this season. Sitting around a 25% K rate. Pretty solid in terms of control. Has upside. They'll let him go 100 pitches. I... I like him. I, I actually really like him here. Um, even though it's a tough matchup going up against San Diego, it's being played over in San Francisco. It's a solid pitcher's ballpark. He's 7.6K is the main thing. I, I don't think he's going to come in very own because people don't play guys against the Padres. But the Padres aren't that far below in term, uh, league average in terms of strikeouts. They're, just, they're a solid lineup. But the price tag and the ballpark make me on him a little bit. Um, let's talk bats. Any interest here in San Diego? I mean, I always have interest in him, but on this slate, it's very, very minimal and bad ballpark. They haven't been hitting too great. They're expensive. So I'm probably out on them. I mean, yeah, I think that they're always a team you can stack. And then as far as the Giants, I don't think they're the craziest stack in large field tournaments, but I don't want to stack against snow. Yeah, it'd have to be like whatever. Whereas the eighteen dollar 
50k to first out of 150k like you're doing you're only using them in top heavy payout spots um yeah let's play the morning grind game then we'll get out of here uh start us off grant favorite play under 5k oh that's a bit basketball i read the wrong one under 8k to get six or more strikeouts yep i'm tired uh i'm gonna go real ballsy and go with shoemaker shoemaker um man i, I guess Oh man, it is bad down here yeah. today. Like I guess Fultonevich yeah. Seattle. I guess. I'm gonna pick on him here in a second, too. Um over 8k to score under 15. Um I'll go with Urkity. All right. I'm gonna go way off the board. I'm gonna say Blake Snow. I um, like it. It's uh, it's Freaky Friday, man. I'm feeling feeling Friday. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Nelson Cruz. All right. I'm going to go Kyle Seeger. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Miguel Sano. Wow. Who's that guy? He still plays baseball? Yeah. <laughs> Might not even be in the lineup. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Gritchick. Stack to score six or more runs. Twins. All right, I'll go Blue Jays. Any bets standing out to you here night before? Twins minus 140. All right. Did you notice a trend there? Man, I I love the over in the Blue Jays-Astros game. I yeah. love the over in that game. It's like minus 114, too. Um, it opened at minus 108. Anyway, um... Super draft play of the day. Do you have one that you're ready to go with here? Nope. All right. I'm going to stick to the theme of yesterday's podcast. If you listened to me on super draft yesterday, you probably crushed it. I know there was a couple of people that like added me on discord, but I'm going to go Bichette and Gritchick. They're 1.4 X. I love Toronto again today going right back to the well. I also really like Kyle Seeger at 1.25. Um, yeah. That's who I got today on super draft. Yeah, I'm kind of following the same thing. Ty France, 1.65x. Um, Kyle Lewis, 1.75x. Um, Torrens, if he's in the lineup, 1.75x. Uh, Seeger, like, stack up the Mariners over on Super Draft. I know that, like, anytime you can get a solid stack at, like, an average of 1.7, you're in a good spot over there. So, Seattle's my favorite stack over there, and those are my favorite bats. Um, as far as pitchers go, <laughs> Rogers is 1.95, just so you guys yep. know. Um, and then Carlos Redon is some ridiculous number two. Um, like you can go Redon, you can go, um, Sean Manaya too. He's 1.9 X. Um, I didn't, and then Urias like, is two X. I know, but I, I feel like, th- I feel like that's a trap. Uh, it's not Manaya. Urias are the two top overall pitchers and no. Rodon's not far behind at 1.75. Give me give me Rogers to outscore those first two, Manaya and Urias. Fair enough. Um God, I feel like Urias is a trap. Don't I'm not gonna do it. He's gonna be so popular. I might have to run a few lineups on Super Draft today. So they have a 
$20 three entry max baseball tournament over there too. So there you go. Uh, that's going to wrap it up here for Friday. If you're playing NASCAR, we got three races this weekend. We got the truck race today on Friday night, and then we got uh, Xfinity on Saturday and Cup on Sunday. So make sure you guys are checking out the NASCAR package here at uh, Roto Grinders. I uh, hope everyone has an awesome weekend. We'll be back Monday talking some more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. Hey, kids.